Kings, the Yes Lords. I'm to encourage him, and I want to pray for you quickly. <laughs> Father, I just thank you for a man that he surrendered to your heart, Lord. A man that he surrendered to your will. And I pray, God, that this morning as he speaks, Lord, that your words would pierce our hearts. I pray, God, that you would fill him with a boldness and a courage, Lord, to speak uh, whatever you have placed on his heart, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and prepare the soil this morning of our hearts, that you would make us fertile ground to receive the seed that will be sown this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Morning, everyone. Awesome. Like Keenan said, my, my name is Tristan. Uh, I've been in this congregation for about four years, and it is such a privilege to, to share the word this morning with you. Um, so this is something I'm very passionate about. It is something that has changed my life forever, and I've never been the same since I um, grasped this thing and since I've walked, started walking in this thing. And um, I'm going to be sharing on the presence of God. I'm going to be looking at a couple of scriptures just on what does the Bible say it is and also just how the Lord has journeyed with me in this specific topic. Awesome. So before I start to unpack what the presence of God is, I first want to just look at a couple of scriptures that we see that God actually gives us His Holy Spirit. Like when, before, when he, before he ascended up back into heaven, he actually promised us to, that he's going to send his spirit. So we can turn to John 16, verse 7 in our Bibles. So it says, So some of his disciples said to one another, What is this that, th that says to us, A little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will see me. And because I am going to the Father, is that the right scripture? Oh, it's John 16, verse 7, sorry. It says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So here we see that Jesus says, It is better for me to go away. Because if I go, I'm going to send my spirit. I'm going to send the helper. So here we see Jesus is actually promising us that he's going to send us the helper. He's going to send us his spirit. So that is a promise that Jesus makes to us. And then we see in Acts 2 verse 4, And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So I want to focus on that part um, where it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So here we see, this is only but two scriptures where we see that first of all, Jesus promises us that he's going to send his spirit, but then actually where his spirit is poured out at the day of Pentecost. So we see that Jesus not only promises, but he actually then afterwards, we see the people were all filled with the, with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues. So I don't know about you, but as I have walked with the Lord, I've had a lot of questions about the Holy Spirit. Um, like, I was like, okay, what is the Holy Spirit actually like? Do I always feel it? Is it a goosebump feeling? Is it, like, how do I know what I'm feeling is the Holy Spirit? And it is not just that the door is open and there's a breeze that's touching me and therefore I'm getting goosebumps. Like, those are questions that I've wrestled with for, for long. And then the Lord actually came in and pointed out a certain thing. So I actually want to go and look at more scripture. Amen. So we see in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16. 
Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? So this scripture can be used for a lot of things, but I want to focus on the part that says, um, do you not know that you are God's temple and that his spirit dwells in you? Dwells in you. That is, that is the part I want to focus on. So before I explain that, I want to look at another scripture on the same thing. So we see in Romans 8 verse 11. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, there's that dwells again. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So this is, this is insane because we see the, the king of kings who came down to earth, he died the death that we should have died. He died on the cross for our sin, but not only did he die, but he rose again. Not only did he rose again, but he is seated on the right hand of God, and he is alive, and he's alive forevermore. That spirit, that the, the, the spirit of God dwells within us. So we see that that is the spirit that dwells within us. It's not some junior spirit or other spirit. It's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, like we see in Romans 8.11. It's the spirit of Christ Jesus. It is the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead, who dwells in us. So that is the spirit that dwells within us. So it's not, it's not something different. It is the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. And that is powerful. That is the spirit that we have access to. That is the spirit that Jesus has sent. It is the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. So this is what we see, that if we give our lives to Jesus, and we confess with our mouths, and we believe in our heart, um, we will be saved. And then when we are saved, we are filled with His Spirit. And then His Spirit dwells in us. So we see that the God who is alive and who is active in our daily lives, He's not, not involved in our lives, but He's active in daily in our lives. That God, His Spirit dwells in us. So before I move on, what is this word that I keep referring to, which is dwells? What does that actually mean? Because it, it could just be another word. Um, but we see actually, um, if I could just go look at the definition, it says dwell means to live in or at a specific place. That is what the word dwells means. It means to live in or at a specific place. So this means that every, every time I said dwells in you, you can say lives within me, has a home within me. That is what the word dwells mean. And that is what we have access to. So we see that God lives within us. His Spirit lives within us. It has a home within us. It lives within us. It lives in it at a specific place. And that specific place is our lives and our hearts. Um, so <laughs> this bungled my brain a little bit because I always used to be like, when I don't feel God, I was like, okay, Lord, where are you? Like, are you, I can't feel you. Where are you? Like, but then we go read in Scripture and he says, if you believe in your heart, you confess with your mouth, you are saved, and you are filled with His Spirit, and His Spirit dwells in you. So then it's not, Lord, where are you? Because we see, He says, I am within you. I am dwelling within you. 
Therefore, the question should rather be, and, and this is what I also did. It's like, Lord, make me aware of your presence. Instead of going, Lord, where are you? I cannot feel you. Are you far away? Because we know in Scripture it says he is with us. He dwells within us. So it's, Lord, make me aware. Where have I gr- been distracted and not been aware of your presence, of your spirit? And, and that is something that has changed me completely. Because I always used to cry out, like, Lord, where are you? I, d- I don't feel you. But then we see in Scripture, which, is, which is, Scripture is truth, it says, I am in you. I dwell within you. Therefore, Lord, make me aware. Make me aware of your presence. Make me aware of your spirit. And then we become so sensitive to his spirit, and we actually become to walk in step with his spirit as we become more and more aware to his spirit. Amen. So now that we have seen a little bit on what the presence of God is and what, it, what the Spirit of God is, I, w- I just want to look at actually what happens in the presence of God. Um, so this is a testimony of my own life. So I, I did three years of TMT. I'm currently just working for the church. But for the past three years, I've been in Wellington, and um, I was at TMT. I did a first, second, and then last year I was an intern here. And then I just loved it so much, I stayed on. <laughs> um, but in, in our second year of TMT, we did a Conquer series. And um, I, I was quite hard. My heart was quite hardened towards just the spirit of them. Like, I always, when the spirit break out, I was weirded out. Like, I was like, what is wrong with these people? Um, and, like, it was definitely, it was really challenging for me. And... Um, then the Lord started working in me, and we were having one Conquer series. And Conquer, is, it's a purity course that we do in TMT. A lot of church, um, Josh Ten churches also do it. But as, we, as I just started, like, actually confessing and bringing things into the light, I experienced something of the Lord. So the story goes like this. So I was sitting in class, and I felt this pressing on my heart because Pete, Pete Witt, who was in our congregation, um, he facilitated the time. And... Um, I remember he's like, okay, I, I, for some reason I don't want to just jump into what we're going to do, but I want to open up the floor if anyone wants to say something, bring something into the light or whatever. And then my heart was like, I was like, okay, I need to go. And then I was like, no, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. So then some people went up, they went and they did it. And then for me, I just, I was like, no, I'm not doing this. Sorry. Um, and then he played the video and then um, I, I couldn't deny it. Like it was just, I was like overwhelmed with like, okay, I need to. It's like almost like I'm going to die if I don't do this right now. And then I stood up. I was like, Pete, I really need, I'm sorry that you need to pause your video now, but I need to, I need to, to share something. So then I went up and I started sharing, but I'd, I was vulnerable, but I was like, okay, I'm just going to keep some stuff just away. And um, then I went and sat down again and it's like, okay, cool, thanks. And then he played the video again. And then I again felt this thing. My heart was just like, I'm like, oh Lord, seriously, like, what are you busy doing? Um, and then I went up and then I started just Okay, and I was raw, and I was real, and I just poured myself out in front of the people, but it was like I was pouring myself out in front of the Lord, and in that moment, the presence of the Lord just, poof, it came over me, and the only thing I could say for three hours was that I'm a child of God, and I fell on my face, and I started weeping for three hours, like if you go into the manor house, you'll see like a little puddle, and I'm just, (laughs) Um, but like I I was weeping, and weeping, and weeping, and I didn't know why. I, I, like, I, I knew why, but I'd, like, it, it wasn't me. I wasn't able to control it. So this is just but one example of something that happens in the presence of God. Like this morning, we see in the presence of God, we sometimes jump for joy because we have seen what Jesus has done. We sometimes cry. We some, there's so many things that happen in the presence of God. And it's not a, a thing that is scary. And, and for me, it was. 
But I'm, I can say I was there, but it's not something scary. It's actually the presence of God is the most beautiful thing we can ever enter into. It is the most beautiful, most precious place we can ever be. Amen. Cool. So what else happens in the presence of God? In the presence of God, there's freedom, there's joy, there's hope, there's peace, there's salvation, there's comfort from the Father, there's healing, and the list just goes on. And, and this is various things that happens in the presence of God. But as I was just preparing and, and praying and asking the Lord, like, okay, what specific thing do you want to touch on? And I felt him say freedom. And I believe he wanted to take us into a place of freedom. And, and, and that is not something we can just do. It's like, okay, I decide to be free from this day onwards, and now I'm going to be free. It is something that happens in the presence of God. So we can go to John 8, verse 36 in our Bibles. So it says, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Amen. So this is something we see. If Jesus has set you free, you are free indeed. It's not a maybe you will be free or we'll think about you if you're free. It is you'll be free indeed. There's the certainty that if Jesus sets you free, you will be free. In 2 Corinthians 3, verse 16 to 18. But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed in the same image from one degree of glory, from one degree of, degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And this is the beautiful thing, is that when we come into the presence of the Lord, our, our, it's like a veil is removed off of our eyes and um, we can walk into freedom. Now, before I move on, what is freedom? Because it's so easy to throw around these words, but what is freedom really? Like, like what is freedom? So I'm actually going to tell you what is the opposite of freedom. So if you are not free, then you are imprisoned or you are enslaved to something. So when you are not free, you're not walking in freedom. You are enslaved or you are imprisoned. And we can be enslaved or imprisoned by many things. It can be sins, it can be fears, it can be habits, it can be depression, it can be anxiety, it can be, the list just goes on. There's various things that we can be enslaved to or that we can feel like it, we, it has bondage over us. But, but, in the presence of God, there is freedom. In the presence of God, there is freedom. There's no doubt about it. There is freedom in the presence of God. And I'll tell you now why. We can go to Matthew 27, verse 51. And this is just after Jesus was crucified. And it says, And behold, the curtain of the temple was torn in two, from the top to the bottom, and the earth shook, and the rocks were split. This is powerful. So this is Jesus was crucified, and after he breathed out his last breath, this is what happened. The curtain of the temple was torn in two, from the top to the bottom. Now for this to make sense, I want to give a little bit of context on actually what this is referring to. Um, and um, if we look in Hebrews 9, I'm not, you don't have to go there, but I'm just going to reference as I go. But in Hebrews 9, verse 1 to 10, we see it speaks about the tabernacle. So the tabernacle was a tent, and in this tent there's two rooms. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about all the various rooms. 
But there's the holy place, and then if you go further, which is past the veil, there's the most holy place. And this is where the Ark of the Covenant was. Now, the Ark of the Covenant was the embodiment of the presence of God. Um, yes. And it represented the, the, the presence of God. And when Jesus died on the cross, you can put that scripture up again, 27 verse 51. The curtain of the temple was torn in two, from the top to the bottom. So this separated, there was a separation between mankind and the presence of God, which was the Ark of the Covenant back in that stage. And that curtain was torn. But we see that that most holy place, no one could ever enter in there. No one. It was like only the most high priest. And if you go read further in verse 11 to 28, only the, the, the most high priest could enter once a year with the blood offering that he went and he made. Once a year, someone could enter into the presence of God, the, 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 the most high priest. But when Jesus was crucified, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. What does this mean for us? There's no separation between us and the presence of God. We can freely, freely enter into the presence of God. Right now where you're at, it doesn't, there's no conditions. There's no, we can freely enter into the presence of God because of what Jesus has done. Because he came down and he died and the curtain was torn in two. Therefore, we can enter into his presence. There's no longer separation between us and the presence of God. So we can freely enter in. It's not dependable on anything. Come as you are. We can come with a boldness and we can approach His throne. We can come and we can with boldness know and with the confidence come into His presence. Because not of what you have done or because of our works, but because of what Jesus has done. Amen. Now that we know that we can, we have access to it because of what Jesus has done, because the veil is torn, how do we do this? We are so often filled with condemnation. We are so often filled with all these different thoughts or things that cloud our minds. And it's like, how can I, how can I enter into the presence of God if I've done this or I've done that or I'm dirty or, or, or this or that? And the list just goes on. There's various reasons that the enemy will put in our minds why we can't enter into the presence of God. So how can we practically enter into the presence of God? And I want to Go to Mark 5, verse 27 to 29. So I just want to use this story as an example. So this is about the woman that was struggling with the blood in her stomach, um, just to give some context. So she had heard the reports about Jesus, and she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garment, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. So the, 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 the thing I want to explain through the Scripture is she pushed through the crowd by faith. That she knew that by faith, if I only but touch the hem of his garment, the swim, it's like the bottom part of the, it, it's, it's, not, it's just the, the seam of the, the, the hem of his garment, I will be made well. She stepped out with faith, and that is how we enter into the presence of God, by faith. And we see just after that, 
um, scripture, Jesus actually responded to her and he turned around and he's like, who touched? And then he's like, your faith has yielded you. So we see here, faith is the thing that takes us into the presence of God. If we have faith and we with boldness then act on that faith and we step out, we can enter into the presence of God. Because all it takes is it's, it's but a touch of his garment. So something I want to point out about this woman, she wasn't perfect. She was, she was sick. She was a sinner. She was dirty. She was, this, the list goes on. She, she was going through various trials, like, just like each one of us goes, but she pushed through the crowd. And all it took was a touch. All it took was a touch. And it's the same with us. It, it doesn't change where we are at now. All it takes is a touch. There's nothing that can withhold us. There's nothing. Don't allow the enemy to come in and be like, no, but this. No, but that. Because like we were just reading and we were unpacking through this thing, it is something that Jesus has freely given us. It's something we can enter into with boldness. So I want to encourage us to, as we... As I come into a close, just as I was just preparing, and what I just feel the Lord wants to do is He wants to meet with us. He wants to meet with each and every one of us. But it's up to us. We need to push through the crowd. So we, you might be sitting here and you are feeling, but I'm a sinner, but I've done this. You don't know what I've done, this, this, this. Jesus knows. That's what He paid for. So I want to encourage you to, like this woman, press through the crowd and come into the presence of God by faith. Because He wants to come. He wants to set us free. He wants to come and break something open in our midst. But we need to choose Him and we need to step out by faith. Can I, can I pray for us? So... Oh, Jesus, I want to thank you, Lord, that you have freely given us your spirit. 